Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Hello. My name is Dan. I'm Tim. And together with us today, uh, a special ZeroCon episode, yeah. is uh, Matthew Prouse, Head of Industry at Zero. G'day, Matthew. G'day, Tim and Dan. How are you? Yeah, doing Great. good. Doing good. Uh, you've recently just dropped a bombshell on us that you've uh, actually listened to the podcast. So that's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You just, you, you're, you're pretty much on the highest rung uh, that you can be in terms of my respect <laughs> after that point. Absolutely. You guys are part of my regular uh, commute to the office every day. So, I live about 3Ks from the office. So, it's a walk-in most mornings and that's about 40 minutes, which is a good podcast episode. Nice. Yeah, nice. That's great. Nice. Now, so, we've got uh, Matthew on the podcast with us today to talk about ZeroCon, to talk about uh, his job there. And, uh, mm. and the various things that are going on right now. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, Tim, you stuffed this up last week. Let's get this right. <laughs> Does <What>? that mean... <laughs> Wait. You just pointed up and down. No, I pointed to you. <laughs> right? You got it? <laughs> Ready? All right. What, what is, is the Tim, Tim and Dan There we go. You See? literally did point up and down though. <laughs> I wish I had a video recording of <laughs> Uh, oh well, Tim, how's your week? No, it was good. Um, as per last week's episode, I'm not sure if you heard last week's episode, Matthew, but um, I gave Dan a bit of a choice of Tim and Dan Lowe's to run with. Mm -hmm. So you, you're welcome to chime in on this. Um, this week, I've got the $3 million Fortnite, Duck Story, GF Fantasy, Buddy 300, Hacking Hell, Finals Explosion, and the new edition this week, Natural D. Mm. Mm. I really don't know which one to go with in that option, Matt. Uh, Matthew, do you have a preference of, of any of Tim's? Uh, I can choose. Oh, one. I think I'm. I think I'm equally terrified of all choices. <laughs> at this point. I'll tell my duck story. Go duck. All right. So the other day, I have a dog, Matthew, and so I was um, taking her for a walk. Yep. And there's a cafe near work, so I generally I'll have a coffee there and then walk her back to work mm -hmm. along the the river river path, which is really beautiful behind our office here in Wyong. Mm. Um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no, it is. It's nice. It is. It is, it is really nice. Um, anyway, so I'm walking along and I got this really strange sensation. I could hear a duck quacking above me. Mm. Yeah. And so I looked up into this very high gum tree and there's a duck literally <laughs> on a branch sitting above me just quacking away and i've just never seen that before it's Have rare to see seen a duck, duck in a tree hi i've seen duck ducks fly but i've never actually seen one land anywhere like, other than on the ground landing <laughs> on a branch about 20 meters off the ground that, that was just dumbfounded me so you live a thrilling life here. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys top that one um top that one okay i went to a uh a, a Taylor Swift album release party uh, over the weekend. That was yes. that tops that one. Yes, mm. I have a friend who is quite a, a big Swifty, mm -hmm. as they call them. Did and you dress up? I did not. And um, mm. every year, well, not every year, but every time there's a new album, she throws a party. And I think it's just an excuse to get her friends around and and whatnot. But she she tries to theme it and she gets right into it. And uh, yeah, so I went there and we listened to a lot of Taylor Swift. Tim, <laughs> <laughs> so you must have a favorite song now. I do not. <laughs> really? You sure? Do you have a most hated song? Do you want to like run the opposite and be like, ah, uh, oh, this song every time it comes I, on? I don't have a most hated song. I, because okay, so the way it's themed, she she plays all the old songs <laughs> before dinner, and then we have dinner, and then she plays the new songs, and no one. Are you really... allowed to speak listening to the new album, or is it a? It's a song. No, you, you can speak, um, and generally we not not everyone sits there listening thoroughly to every moment of the mm -hmm. songs. You just sit there and having a chat, and it just happens to be on in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, you know. So do the real Swifties sit in silence and keep their eyes closed and, and listen to the latest, the latest track from Taylor Swift while, while the, the, the fake Swifties uh, mm. continue to quietly murmur and continue to have a conversation? Is that how it works? Correct, correct. That's how I'm imagining yeah, it too. Well, um, there's, there's one real Swiftie that's there and everyone else is the people that are just quietly having a <laughs> <Roped> chat. <in. laughs> 
I'm but lucky that, in that I'm just ever so slightly too old for Taylor Swift. Mm. Oh, no. No, <laughs> no one's thing. too old for no Taylor Swift. Thing. I mean, I, I think the median age of this party was at least 30. <laughs> Still too old. <laughs> never, never, never say never, though. You may wonder, do you have kids and a partner, Matthew? Or uh, you... I have a lovely wife who is not a Taylor Swift fan. Thank I was going to say, well, um, maybe one day you might have she's, children. She's more of a metal fiend than anything else. Oh, really? Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and so uh, we're spared the dog and we're spared the kids. So... <laughs> Which is why I spent the weekend in the Yarra Valley drinking wine instead oh, of um, living the dream. Yeah, I, I wonder who had a better weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that probably beats the duck story, I guess. I'll give you that one. Did Fun you see story. any ducks in trees? <laughs> uh, no, no ducks, ducks in trees or ducks on bottles. Although we were, um, oh. it was uh, Cumulus in Melbourne yeah. uh, had their first ever winery tour with the sommelier. Uh, and we literally, oh, there was 20 nice. of us uh, in a bus visiting all the wineries that don't have cellar doors and chatting to the winemakers, including uh, Andrew Marks, who of course is the founder of the Melbourne Gin Company. Nice. Um, and actually seeing where the magic happens and, uh, Checking that the wine in the barrels was um, coming along nicely. Oh, up the weekend. Someone's got to do that. Tim, your week sucks. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> being being, a, being a, a wine inspector is a really important role. Yeah. Um, especially well, on a Saturday morning. Tell me this though. Did any not pass the test? <laughs> I'll have to go and check again. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make one caveat. It is 11 in the morning on a Monday when we're recording this. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so there are no drunk accountants on no, this call. No drunk I've accountants on this call. I've got a cup of tea. The, you know, the, your shtick, unless you've put um, vodka in those coffee cups, <laughs> um, even on a Monday morning, none of us no. are drinking. It, it's, it's a complete sham. Um, no. I think there's been maybe twice that we've been... Proper drunk? Proper drunk when we've recorded mm. this and maybe... Maybe ten times where we've had a drink during, but we weren't, mm. we weren't, you know, inebriated. Well, we've got to change this, Dan, because <laughs> it's so much no, better. That's how you wind up recording here. an episode of forgetting to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, we don't need to be drunk to do that. <laughs> right. We've literally recorded an episode before, and Dan lost it. And I won't lose this. That one. was pretty I annoying. Don't lose this, this one. one please. <laughs> that was quite frustrating. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, let's move on from that now that uh, Matthew's put us to shame, Tim. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just want to know, how does Matthew have time to do that in preparation for ZeroCon <laughs> as well, in his busy role? ZeroCon is on a train. It's a seamless cloth of things <laughs> that we're working through by this point. <laughs> Casts of thousands. Mm, nice. Right. Tim, do you have a, a business update this week? Mm, yes, yes. So, I do. Um, there was an interesting uh, federal court ruling which uh, went down during the week. It was uh, a couple of Cadbury workers that won a sick pay case. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure. We might have mentioned this months ago. And mm. so, there's finally been a decision made. Mm. Um, essentially, these guys, they, they do shift work. So, they mm. work 12-hour shifts. Mm -hmm. So, that's their daily work, I mm -hmm. guess you could think of that. And what the court case found was that instead of being paid for a 7.6-hour sick day mm. which is the normal working day working day yeah when they're paid sick pay they should be paid for a full shift mm. if their shift is normally 12 hours their ordinary hours and that's a big change from what it's almost double the sick pay like yeah <laughs> it's 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 a very big change because in australia you get 10 sick days per annum if you're a full-time worker mm. so um, there's potentially a lot of companies um, running to try and figure out how they should be treating sick pay for mm. their employees and to make sure that they're not um, underpaying their staff, which unfortunately Cadbury was found to be doing. So, mm. it's a bit of a change. That is a bit of a change and it's a bit, um, it like, it does make sense. I mean, you know, if, if your ordinary day is 12 hours and you might work four days a week, 12 hours a day, you know, then you should be paid for that week yeah. that you'd have, you know. It makes sense. Um, hmm. It does make sense. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Interesting. It's interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we uh, won't make Matthew comment. We noticed that he's gone very quiet. <laughs> I, think, I think the only comment I'll make is it's the challenge that all software companies have. I mean, mm. we make payroll software at zero. Mm. And, you know, any, exactly. any one of us, there's 230 companies plus that make payroll software in Australia. True. The fun challenge of converting decisions by judges and legislation Absolutely. into software that makes it easy or possible for Cadbury to do the right thing yeah. or to do the right thing. So yeah. we're always paying attention to things like this and sort of work waiting at, waiting through and then working out what we need to change 
in, in the software mm. uh, to support these sorts of things. It's also why it makes it really, really hard to do payroll without software. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, absolutely. Uh, especially, totally agree. And I think we'll, we'll get into this a little bit further on, but especially in the world of single-touch payroll and, and all that mm. kind of stuff now as well, um, which we'll dive into a bit more. But yeah, it's a real interesting one, Tim. And yeah. um, it'd be fascinating to see what um, announcements and things look, come from I'm this. sure the ATO will come out with some sort of... Um, prescribed sort of action that mm. these companies need to take hopefully anyway to mm. quash the the gray area mm. but other, other, until they do that we're running off the result of this court case mm. uh, so maybe there'll be some more court cases happening <laughs> depending on who wants to other people turn around take up that say, battle hey, we're just like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah it is it is the challenge i guess for the payroll mm. providers and that's one of the beauties of zero i've got to say <clears throat> Um, if it if there is an update required, I mean, you just, just log on and it's all good to go. <laughs> which which does actually remind me of uh, another business update this week that um, you know we obviously uh, won't get Matthew to comment on either. Um, yes. But uh, got an email during the week from from uh, another accounting software named uh, MYOB, mm-hmm. and uh, and it said that if you have a Mac and you're going to update to the new OS, don't because your software will no longer work. Yeah, <laughs> so. Which is uh, fascinating, and another wah, wah, yeah, exactly <laughs> another good thing for uh, for zero users is that uh, you don't update; it just follows, just goes yeah. along. Yeah, I think that's the classic challenge with desktop software. Is exactly, mm. teams of developers building your solution while you've got Microsoft and Apple and everyone building the operating system, and mm. keeping that in sync is always a bit of a challenge. For yeah, me. definitely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Tim, uh, do you have a tight ass tip this week? I do, I do. This week's, um, it's kind of in the same vein as last week. So last week, I discussed washing your clothes less, Mm. Matthew. (laughs) That explains the smell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can smell me a state away. Yeah. No, no, uh, a a whole hundred kilometers away, I guess. Um, No, this week, I guess it's kind of similar. Um, Shower, not at home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll expand upon that mm. Toilet not at home as well mm. So I can see where you're going with this One is that you go to a gym or something And you have a shower at the gym Yes. Um, you, you're saving water and electricity for heating yep. Maybe even gas for heating yep. um, And then toilet somewhere else Is you're saving water and toilet paper costs Absolutely Dan, <laughs> absolutely But you've got to think about this in the time perspective And I'm going to take t- Tim Sardis tips in the time perspective, I think, more okay. in the future. Okay. Imagine the time saved and the efficiency from not having to clean your shower every week. Mm. Brilliant. I mean, it's just there for show. That's all it is. This is based on um, this is based on the assumption that one would wash their shower every week. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess. Maybe not every week. That yeah. could be. That could be a bit aggressive. But, but uh, you know, I, I can see. I can see why that would save you money, but well, think but of the towels. Time, but think of the towels, Dan. Sometimes the showers at the gyms are gross. Yeah. The comfort of your own toilet and shower is is more than. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's quite nice. It would work really well if I don't know. Zero might have this um, arrival facilities, so you can turn up if you've just done a gym workout or something. Go straight to work, at work. and then you'll have a locker, a shower, a shower. That makes sense. Use the free toilet paper. Mm. Maybe even take a few rolls in your bag. <laughs> <home>. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I think we need some showers here, Jim. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I think we run out of toilet paper too. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Any All thoughts right. on that, Matthew? What do you think? Uh, at this point, other than I'll say yes, we have arrival facilities at a number of Zero's offices. I'm um, hoping you're making the most of those. Uh, I think I'll continue to clean my bathroom at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's fine, but. I just can't say you're part of the tight ass tight movement. So, <laughs> which which involves Tim, <laughs> just Tim. There's yeah. one member at the moment. Yeah. Oh no, I think Daniel, the first follower, isn't that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> the critical role in the movement, the first follower. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not an early adapter of uh, of Tim's uh, tight assism. Well, I'm patient zero, so I'm yeah. looking for a patient one right now. Uh, that's funny. All right, well, Tim, thanks for that. Let's. Uh, you're welcome. Let's move on to our main topic. This week, as we said, it's our chat with uh, with Matthew about Xerocon, mm-hmm. about his role at Xero, being the head of industry. Yeah. Now, to to 
everybody out there in the world to to the layman, which is which is Tim's nickname on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> what does that mean? What what does head of industry mean? Um, what is your role? All right, thank you. So I've been at Zero for coming on seven years. So this is nice. my seventh nice. Zerocon since I took the black, yep. for lack of a better <laughs> I term. Took the black. Um, I, sp- I spent Your turn eight on the years. Watch. In, yeah. I spent eight years in public practice in WA before I joined Zero um, oh, nice. in 2013. Mm. And when I joined Zero, we had about 30 people in Australia, yeah. so we're a little bit bigger wow. today. Wow. You've got an early. Uh, my role today is as head of industry is to sort of sit across the two to five year strategic roadmap of our business. So mm-hmm. what's going on in zero, but also what's going on in the software industry, what's going on in the accounting space and how do those, uh, those three pieces come together? Mm. Because what we have happening around the world is for lack of a better term, tax is going digital everywhere. Yeah. In the UK, the UK. In New Zealand and Singapore, um, here in Australia and around the world. And that's changing the way, it's like climate change for mm. accountants and bookkeepers. <laughs> like so my job is to kind of be abreast of climate mm. change for accountants and bookkeepers mm. and allow us to continue to build useful things that help small businesses, but also help uh, our very important accountants and bookkeepers help their clients be successful. So I have a bit of uh, product development work, uh, a bit of product strategy, uh, a lot of government relations. Um, mm. I have the privilege of... Uh, uh, working quite closely uh, with my colleague Angus in Canberra with a number of initiatives like Zero Small Business Insights, mm-hmm. uh, which is using our data for good uh, yeah, inside government, Very cool. but also things like um, I'm, I'm an elected director of the Australian Business Software Industry Association, uh, which places me on the ATO strategic working group. So yeah, representing nice. the software industry um, in the co-design of things like mm. single touch payroll, e-invoicing, some of the things that have come down the line mm. um, that sort of will impact our customers, but more importantly, our accountants and bookkeepers. I love the analogy you used off air before we um, jumped on to record this as well, in that that software group is like the UN. <laughs> so Absolutely. So, so um, the, the ABSIA board includes uh, my colleagues from MYOB, a number of the Zero App partners, some yep. very, very large uh, software companies like ADP, uh, which provides payroll globally, right. and a number mm-hmm. of superannuation providers. And it's yeah. been an established organization for, for a good few years and has mm-hmm. done some very good work. Cool. Yeah. So it's basically, in summary, it's your job to to go out there, see see where the winds are changing, see what's happening, come back to zero, and, and tell them winter's coming. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. although we're talking more about global warming, so yeah. winter seldom is coming. Um, I was going to say, with that global warming or the climate change comment, it does kind of make you sort of like the government um, in that you're not really going to do anything about the, the climate change <laughs> Come on, because right. you know, there's no need. Like, that's, it doesn't exist, right? Just keep pushing on in that direction. <laughs> oh, that's very untrue. Um, you know, and, and in um, Zerocon this year, this is, this is this Zerocon. We've taken some concrete steps towards sustainability um, mm. around Zerocon this year. You'll, uh, the, the merch really? from... That's cool. From from zero and from our app partners is is quite different, uh, and oh, there's nice. significantly less of it awesome. um, than than in the past. And um, we recognise um, asking thousands of people to jump on a plane and fly thousands of kilometres in a lot of cases Has one produces a lot of jet fuel and mm. a lot of CO two. Um, so yeah. we want to make sure that our partners. Uh, arrive at an event that's of value, but also that we're not just producing unnecessary plastic. No, and that's a good point. And I wasn't saying zero doesn't do anything about climate change, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> more of a stab at the government. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, that is really cool because um, my wife is an environmental consultant. And so I'm always getting scolded for using plastic and, and these sorts of things, um, which is really nice to have that challenge in your life. Mm. But, um, but it's great that like <laughs> <laughs> companies like zero, I think, they're leading the they're leading edge in terms of innovation and and pushing um, pushing change and I guess disruption. It, it's really cool if they can jump on board with the um, I guess lower waste initiatives. Yeah. So especially for conferences, that's such a Absol- cool idea. Absolutely, and I mean the other thing to bear in mind, yeah, our our servers run in the cloud. They mm, uh, yeah. run in data centers operated by Amazon. Yeah. Um. So Amazon AWS have taken significant steps uh, globally over the last few years to reduce their own carbon footprint. Mm. So the, the emissions or the, the, the gigawatts of electricity that powers each Amazon data center yeah. is uh, broadly coming from renewable sources um, around the world and mm. Amazon's doing everything they can to offset their own carbon emissions. So um, you might be doing something for the environment by having your data in the cloud instead of uh, 
True. connecting your PC to a coal power station, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Good way to put it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so, you know, starting at, at that part of your job then, you know, uh, the government changes that come through or the, the you know, the digital tax um, changes that are coming through. Um, in Australia specifically, you know, we've got single touch payroll, as you mentioned. So, like, how does that work um, in a day to day for you? So, obviously, um, you know, you're on these panels and things and these meetings, you go in, you find out about, okay, here's what we're thinking about doing. And then you discuss, all right, well, how does this work in reality? And bringing that back. And the Australian government's very good at this. Um, mm-hmm. Our tax office or our tax authority is probably world class or is world right. class right. in the way it engages with its key stakeholders. So mm. not just small businesses or, or, or taxpayers, but also with how it engages with accountants and bookkeepers mm. and with the broad software community. So in Australia, um, the Australian tax office has something called the Digital Partnerships Office. Mm-hmm. Right. And what that is, is an arm of the tax office specifically made available to software companies. Right. They run at any given point uh, probably about 20 working groups and initiatives, so single-touch mm-hmm. payroll is one, and they bring together as many representatives of the industry mm. um, in a representative group to actually facilitate and guide that design process, and not just big software companies and none of the small. So mm. with single-touch payroll, they've had representatives from small employer software companies, uh, startups, very large organizations, so the banks or Coles or Woolworths, mm. accountants and bookkeepers, our professional bodies, so CA, CPA, ICB, mm. and others have all been part of that conversation and that co-design process. That's great. Um, single-touch payroll is is one step of the same journey that we're finding everywhere in the world. Mm. And what we're really looking at, um, this digitization of taxation, is government itself moving to the cloud. Yeah, yeah And definitely. that fundamentally is what happens. So if we think about the tax system in Australia, um, our tax office was created about 1919, so in the aftermath of the First World War. Right. Um, a lot of the tax commissioner's powers read like they were written during wartime <laughs> in terms of uh, the commissioner's mm-hmm. review powers. And, and yeah, right. absolutely. So, mm. so we have an organization that was built uh, for a paper world. Mm. Um, government got computers before small business or before taxpayers did. They had their mainframe environment to process large volumes of forms and paper information for many, many years. Mm. Uh, They started. Um, Then something called the GST came along and it Mm. came along at the same time as effectively the personal computing Mm. revolution occurred uh, for small businesses in Australia and a lot of small businesses went to Harvey Norman and bought a brand new desktop computer and installed a a box of green and purple software uh, (laughs) and used that to enter in all their transactions and do all the data entry and then Mm. effectively produce uh, an electronic copy of the same form and send it into the mainframe. And what was really interesting is about 10 years ago, something amazing started to happen and that is that small businesses started to go to the cloud. Yeah. And they started to move from filling in the form as their interaction with each other and, 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 and with the economy into this real-time connected digital experience, daily bank feeds, mm. APIs, mm-hmm. apps, um, the, the zero story as we know it. And government noticed. Yeah, and right. so government has spent the last few years going through quite an involved project to replatform mm. so that they can deal with this digital future. So if I told you right now, when accountants and bookkeepers lodge income tax returns through software, Software, be it Zero Tax, HandySoft, MYOB, Accountants Enterprise or Accountants Office, um, the software company is packaging up the returns and sending them via API to the ATO and the ATO systems in AWS. Yeah, so the tax right. office is in AWS processing those tax returns. So mm. government has continued to move into the cloud. Mm. Now, as it did that, payroll came up. And how do we reimagine payroll? Mm. What do we need to do to make payroll more efficient? So single-touch payroll is a big piece of that picture where every single time an employer pays their staff, they're reporting effectively the payment summary information as we'd know it traditionally for that period through to the ATO each and every time. Mm. And that allows the ATO and broadly for government to have a better picture of the employment circumstances for each and every employee. And if we think down the line, that's going to make it much easier for people who are uh, recipients of social security or family tax benefit Mm. to uh, not get themselves into trouble Mm. by uh, underestimating their income or misreporting their income and then mm-hmm. having a great big bill they have to pay back mm-hmm. um, at the end of the year, STP yeah. is going to take care of that for so many of them. True. Yeah, I, I 
I, I really like all the changes that are happening, if I can be honest. You know, there's some people who, who might be annoyed at the tax office, you know, getting this information, you know, mm. they're, they're getting my information. But I, broadly, yeah. I think it's, it's creating efficiencies. It's creating more accurate information that you can rely upon. Yep. Um, and what I was wondering, though, so you, you have these, is it broadly, you know, um, say the ATO, um, come to you guys and say, all right, well, the next thing we're going to tackle is is this. What's your input, or or is it a bit of more of a two way street where you guys say, hey, we wouldn't mind trying to lodge our bazes electronically um, through the software? Okay, how does it? Is it? It's two absolutely ways? a two way street. Right. So right now, broadly, the software industry is referring quite closely to a couple of different documents. Hmm. Um, the Productivity Commissions of Australia and New Zealand. Uh, wrote a joint paper on the benefits of digitization for trans for the trans Tasman economy. Yep, right. and that's certainly a source of inspiration mm. um, for 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 us and for government. Um, the Australian Tax Office has a 2024 corporate plan that yep. has a number of key tentpole initiatives that mm. are there to move the market or move the needle on a number of number of key policy measures. One of them is something called payment thinking, mm-hmm. which, to put in a context, is uh, bringing the tax tax and other stuff just happens as part of a yeah. natural business process and yep. single tax payroll fits in there. Mm. But also Zero being a global platform, um, we're already sharing our learnings from the work that we've been doing in New Zealand with the IRD for the last decade and the work mm. that we're doing in the United Kingdom with HMRC around making tax digital mm. and some of the some of the projects and initiatives that you know, we, have zero con- we have zero customers in 180 countries. Mm. So that means we have conversations and relationships with tax authorities in quite a few of those. Yeah, uh, and we're leveraging what they're all learning from each other mm. um, to help shape this digital future that is designed to be simpler, smarter, more seamless for small businesses, mm. and to give trusted accountants and bookkeepers beautiful data and beautiful insights to work mm. with those. Yeah, clients. I could see that information would be invaluable to setting up these systems with the ATO across you know every software. You know, you're bringing on um, information of best practice from everywhere and bringing them here, which is which is awesome. Mm. It's a- and is, yeah. is, is part of that future, um, Dan and I went to the um, Accounting Business Expo yeah. uh, earlier in the year and there was a lot of talk about e-invoicing. Yeah, the ATO yes. were talking a lot about e- e-invoicing there. Mm. Yeah, Assistant Commissioner Mark Stockwell was on a panel talking about yeah. uh, the Trans-Tasman e-invoicing project. Yes. Yeah, so that sounds fascinating really. I mean, a lot of people would hear that like I first thought when I first heard it and I was like, Zero already has e-invoicing. <laughs> you complete it and you email it through. That's an e-invoice. <laughs> but um, it's a little bit different and it's more about um, the way I see it, bringing down the amount of time it takes for larger businesses or larger um, organizations to pay smaller businesses, trying to speed up the terms of payment, perhaps. Is Absolutely. That, and yep. I think I think we need to sort of describe the difference between uh, emailed an emailed invoice and an e-invoice uh, yeah. in, a, in a bigger picture way. Um, yeah. We're talking about going from paper to electronic to digital. Mm. Uh, so mm. paper, we understand. Um, mm-hmm. Electronic, I'll call PDF. Yep. Uh, all a PDF is is it's paper an and an email attached. Yeah. It's an electronic <laughs> version of paper. Yeah. Yep. And now we're going to digital. So e-invoicing isn't a PDF in an email, please see attached. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an e-invoice. Um, an e-invoice is effectively an electronic document that's sent from uh, effectively the supplier's accounting software mm-hmm. um, through to the customer's software yeah. automatically. And the way that works is when uh, I'm the supplier, um, Dan, you're my customer, I'm going to mm. invoice you through and I'll send you an e-invoice. Mm. Uh, my software will look into a great big address book mm. and go and find your business in there. And it'll use the ABN in, this, in the Australian context to look mm. up and it'll go and find your ABN and see if your ABN's registered on the global address book. And it will be a global address book because mm. of the, oh. the chosen technology that we've, we've, we've made um, decisions around for e-invoicing in Australia. Mm. It will identify your business and go, yes, you're e-invoicing, you you can receive an Mm. e-invoice. Then my software will package up the invoice. Um, It will send it to an access point, uh, which is like a mailbox. And that mailbox will go and find the access point that your accounting software is connected to Mm. and will send the invoice to there. And your software will receive it automatically. And it's a a standard called PEPOL, P-E-P-P-O-L, which Mm. is a European global standard. It's not new. It's been around for about 12 years. Mm. Uh, It's been successfully used in in 23 countries around the European Union for many years. It's now mandated um, in the EU. And it's the same solution that's been chosen by New Zealand. 
It's the same solution that's been chosen by Singapore, and it was announced last week that India is going to mandate e-invoicing on the Pebble network as well. Wow. So it is a global e-invoicing network mm. that's going to allow for instantaneous transfer of information, and that's going to mm. change uh, how businesses deal with um, payments and, and receiving information, yeah. but also the role of accountants and bookkeepers. Uh, we're not going to be doing data entry anymore. Yeah, yeah. which um, is yeah, which is, and cool. I can I can imagine. Um, so I can imagine a world now quite easily where it's, you know, I, I get a service from Tim, Tim invoices me, the soft, uh, the invoice is already sitting in my zero file and then I uh, just eventually, I'm assuming, will be able to just pay it from there. <laughs> exactly. um, it's quite quite an easy easy process. But it, mm. I, I do remember though, zero has done something quite similar, but it's only for other zero files, right? So, we, have, we have online invoicing, which yeah. goes outside yeah. of our walled garden, and then yeah. we have zero to zero invoicing, Yeah, yeah. that's it. Uh, which is dependent on you having a, a complex network key, saving against yeah. it. Yeah. It's a little bit cumbersome, yeah. Yes. I mean, the big, the big thing, the bit of homework for all of us as accountants mm. and bookkeepers Keepers is going to be reviewing and yeah. verifying the ABNs of all of our customers. Yeah, making sure the information's set up correctly. Because e-invoicing in Australia will be based on ABN. Uh, in Singapore, it's based on the UEN, which is the Singapore equivalent of an mm -hmm. ABN. And in New Zealand, it will be based on the NZBN. Mm -hmm. So it's the same identifier. And mm. it should be, or hopefully it'll be as simple as ABN at invoicing.accountingsoftware.com. And it will package it up, and it will send it automatically through the network. And then, then I guess the job will for the internal people processing will be, become more of an approvals process. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. Because you can imagine there could be some um, scammers be some just trying to send say, through. Yeah, we're sending out invoice. twenty ABNs. <laughs> but this is the beautiful thing about the way the Pepol network works. Right. So let's say I wanted to invoice Qantas. Yep. So I have to be registered as a procurement for Qantas. So uh, I have to be acceptable to send invoices to Qantas. Sure. When I send my e-invoice, even if I have Qantas's information in there, unless the purchase order is in the appropriate format on the invoice, the other access point may automatically reject it. Right. Yeah. So, so there is so some fail saves in there. Say, These are my open purchase orders in the case of full procurement. Mm. I will only accept e-invoices from these suppliers. If mm. anything else hits the gateway, just reject it. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I said, this, this is the wonderful thing about the decisions that a, the software community um, supported from the government to mm. pick the global standard. Mm. Um, the Pepol e-invoicing standard built the A380. Yeah, right. Okay. So it's been used for government procurement and for mm. big contract management in, in Europe for, for decades. For a for while, a yeah. Now it's, it's a proven stable technology. So, nice. you know, I, I kind of alluded to it just before, but so obviously, you know, your job in, in, entails all the government things that are coming up and changing. But um, in the industry wider, obviously, there's other changes, business to business, you know, banking, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, um, as I mentioned, one thing that Zero has been speaking about for a long time is eventually the ability to pay your bills. I know MYOB recently just announced that they could do it. Right. Um, and Zero have been talking about doing it for, for a while. Um, so, so how does that work? Um, not just that specific example, but getting involved with the industry as, as a whole and, and a wider, wider view of it. So, I mean, we, we announced um, a partnership with NAB for bill payment with Xero. Mm. Um, that's yeah. been in beta for some time and mm. is being used by uh, businesses and, and customers alike today. Mm. Uh, at Xerocon in San Diego, uh, most recently, we announced a new partnership with Stripe around uh, payments nice. um, for the US. Um, I suggest we might have something else to talk about at Xerocon <laughs> around payments, uh, which will be exciting. Um, sure. But as we as we look through um, this, this sort of connected future, um, We've had the ability to connect payment services to Xero for, for years, mm. and we've supported a wide marketplace of PayPal, Stripe, eWay, DPS, Braintree, a range of different solutions, and we're seeing mm. a lot of customers are connecting a payment service mm -hmm. to get paid very, very quickly from the invoice. Yeah. And yeah. we're seeing that accelerate exactly. more and more and more. And mm. with technologies like the new payments platform uh, from the Australian banking sector and mm. open banking around the world, yeah. uh, we can only expect to see that accelerate. Yeah. Um, I was talking to an accounting partner in uh, Singapore and they send all of their zero invoices to customers using WeChat or WhatsApp. Wow. And they're using the zero mobile mobile uh, app. Mm. They're generating an invoice and they're clicking share on their smartphone oh. and sharing on WhatsApp 
or, or WeChat to actually yeah, yeah. view the online invoice and then their customer is obviously clicking on the green button and, and paying. Um, so I think we're starting to see payments go mobile and, and get more and more connected into the platform. Mm. Yeah, but so cool. how about um, working with, you know, accountants and small businesses and, and, and all of that, so, you know, um, how is that coming through the pipeline? Do you get people pitching things to you all the time? I know Absolutely. Tim's a fan of pitching things to people. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. We also have our, our Zero Partner Advisory Council. Yeah. Uh, so we have a, a group of, of partners. They apply to be a member of XPAC mm. uh, for a 12-month contract or 12-month period. And they work very, very closely with uh, a range of senior leaders across Zero products, uh, sales, marketing, partnership, mm. education, to, to share their views and be be the voice of our users um, mm. into Zero. We also have you know thousands of partners with dedicated Zero account managers. Um, mm. They certainly collect a lot of feedback and uh, feed it into our product organisation. And um, accountants and bookkeepers and small businesses are constantly participating in research projects done by the zero research team. So mm. we don't, uh, we're not inventing the future in a in a in an isolated bubble, mm. separated from our customers. Uh, we're yeah. here to make life better uh, for small businesses, or I'm just going to call them businesses. Ninety nine percent of yeah. all businesses That's in Australia businesses, meet the yeah. definition <laughs> of small. Now yeah. that we're talking about ten million turnover, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to call them businesses. Um, we have big business and we have business. Mm. We're here to help and support business in Australia and help them grow and thrive and be successful. I like it. Yeah, it is great to, to see, um, you know, companies such as Zero working with the wider community, listening to what they want, listening and making the changes that actually impact yeah. their lives, which is, we've seen time and time again. Mm. Um, so before we dive into, you know, maybe what's what might be going on for you at ZeroCon, yep. um, What's next? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you foresee in the future um, coming from any of those sources that I've discussed? Obviously, you might have announcements and things you're not allowed to mention right now. But mm. um, you know, in terms of you know a big changes that might be coming, or things like e-invoicing or mm. single touch payroll that you see coming down the line. So there's two big things. Um, if I if I was staring into a crystal ball. Uh, not about Zerocon, just about the broader marketplace in the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Um, there's two things. Um, the first one is digital identity. Mm -hmm. So it's called MyGov ID in Australia. Yeah. Uh, it's not MyGov. It's not the MyGov website where you log in and fill in your paperwork for Medicare. Mm -hmm. But MyGov ID is the replacement for OzKey. So right. as accountants and bookkeepers, we've used OzKey to log into the tax agent or BAS agent portal yep. for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we all know OzKey is a little bit crappy from a technology perspective. It's yeah, a Java yeah. file. Uh, when we get a new computer, it's really hard to install. <laughs> yeah. uh, when Chrome or when the browser updates and the Stops working. <laughs> government knows this too. Yeah. So MyGovID is the replacement for OzKey. Right. Uh, it's in the App Store now if you've got an iPhone. Um, from a login mm. perspective. And the way it works, um, there's three levels of authentication or, 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 or a verification that it uses. The first one, email address and password. We're used to that. Mm -hmm. Log in, install MyGovID, give it an email address, give it a password. It'll confirm the email address and it knows there's something, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. at, the other end of that, at the other end of that line. Mm -hmm. The next step is to verify that the user is who they say they are. Right. So they turn the email address into a person. Mm -hmm. So as you onboard through MyGovID, uh, you're asked to provide either a passport, a driver's license, or a Medicare card, two of the three, mm -hmm. and it will verify your credentials against the exchange of, it's a digital version of 100 points of ID, so the, yep. the, the yep. database that populates that. And then the third stage of verification for MyGovID is it asks you to take a selfie, and it guides you through the process <laughs> of taking face a selfie, <laughs> and it's verifying your face or your fingerprint against the passport algorithm. So if you've got a SmartGate passport and you've come to Australia uh, and you've gone through the SmartGate, you effectively have an entry in the database at the back of MyGovID. It's proving you're you. That's fascinating. Mm. From that point on, when you log into the portal, uh, and I'm suggesting if you have a look at softwaredevelopers.ato.gov.au, there's a big page there around OzKey replacement with a timeline. Mm. Um, you will use MyGovID as the sole way you can access the ATO portal, be it the business portal, the BAS agent or tax agent portals, mm -hmm. from some point in the first half of next year. Wow. Okay. So every staff member in your that. practice... Mm -hmm 
will have a MyGov ID. Yeah, that's great. That sounds really that sounds a lot better because assuming you could access the information from not just the one computer that you happen to have it installed or a USB mm. that you've had to carry around. <laughs> that's right. So the beauty of that is that's proving that you, that's authenticating who you are. Yeah. So MyGov ID will authenticate who you are. The next step from there is to verify that you have the authority to act so right. the uh, we've all played around with access manager uh, when we've had to work with clients mm. um, we all do the successor to access manager from the tax office is called the RAM or relationship authorization manager it's the replacement mm. it uses MyGov ID and says okay Dan you're an individual you're a taxpayer so you act on behalf of this mm. you're also the public officer of this company so you can do these things for this company mm. you're also a tax agent so you have the authorizations for these clients mm. all of that's being managed in a much better way a much more secure way mm. a much more authentic or verifiable way that's going to be baked into the core of um, our interactions with government in Australia very, very closely and very, very quickly in the next few months. Um, yeah. So we will be talking about MyGovID at Zericon cool. uh, in one of the breakouts is the, cool. the trend that's coming. But it's that trick, it's that tool to verify and validate the identity of your clients, your staff, mm. um, yourself as a practitioner. Um, so it will help keep people safe. Yeah. And safety like is that big theme. Um, mm. We all saw it last year with the introduction of the ATO operational framework mm. for accounting software, which is why you've got two-step authentication on Zero and yeah. Intuit and MYOB. Yeah. Uh, there were changes made in the API. Um, this, was, this was effectively designing a new lot of uh, minimum requirements or security requirements for software companies that directly connect to government. Yep. Uh, what we'll see in the next few months uh, is the evolution of that around the third-party applications that plug in to accounting and bookkeeping software that plugs into government. Yeah, so right. I'm not, that's not necessarily the same set of rules that apply to what they call DSPs like Xero or yeah. MYOB or Intuit, but apps like Receipt Bank, Spotlight, uh, Vend Unleashed may find themselves at an industry level working through some new security standards. So I think for me, the, the cybersecurity conversation for us as practitioners mm. is how much time do you spend um, onboarding new staff and going, welcome to our business, just create a password. Yeah. If you're running a modern practice, you've got 20 different apps. Yeah, it's absolutely. How do you manage that experience? Um, that's going to become more and more um, important. We had a chat with um, one of our guests previously was a, a Leon uh, yeah. who spoke about data security and cyber security and um, you know and the, the amount of money that's spent by people like Microsoft mm. j just to develop these new security systems and and whatnot. It's it is astounding and it's quite scary, especially with the new laws around about yeah. data breaches and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you need to be on top of it. Definitely. Yeah. So so I think um, if we if I had a crystal ball about what's coming in the next twelve months, that's one. A lot more work around know your customer and verifying mm. your identity and the identities of your clients mm. and a, a lot more investment from, from platforms like Xero and others mm. around securing the broader ecosystem of, of mm. experiences uh, and tools that connect to all of that rich data from customers. Oh, it's, it's, it's vital stuff and um, it's not like sexy like bank feeds were but it's definitely still exciting <laughs> I don't know I think security is a lot sexier than bank feeds <laughs> I think it's sexy if you've had a bad experience in the past <laughs> alright well let, let's cool. uh, let's move on to something much sooner next week in fact Xerocon yeah. so yes. what does Xerocon look like for you what are you up to hmm. so I'm very busy for Xerocon um, yeah. I have spent a good chunk of this year wrangling the breakout sessions okay, um, yeah. cool. as part of my role um, I'm I'm participating in three as a as a as a person. Um, I've been shepherding a few of the others. Nice. Uh, so so Xericon nice. for me will be quite busy. Mm -hmm. um, we have a panel with the Australian Tax Office Executive, um, along with their counterparts from New Zealand, uh, mm -hmm. on day two, mm -hmm. which I'm really looking forward to. Um, we have Second Commissioner Jeremy Hershorn, who mm -hmm. broadly is the commissioner at the ATO responsible for client engagement, but that's every kind of taxpayer yep. and every kind of tax type. Uh, so he's mm -hmm. there along with. Um, the ATO's uh, chief data officer talking mm -hmm. around what the ATO is doing with beautiful data and beautiful insights. Sure. Um, my colleague Angus is, is uh, managing the panel, which will be fantastic. So I get to watch <laughs> rather than do. Um, <laughs> but as part of that, we also have representatives from the um, new ABN board yep. advisory or the advisory council for the ABN board uh, and, and from the New Zealand uh, inland revenue. Um, so talking around 
what's the next phase of of digital. Uh, we also have a panel on the the education requirements of a modern professional. Yep. So with the industry bodies and uh, representatives from um, the recruitment team at Zero and and Amanda Newton, our head of community, who I believe we're chatting to later before. in the week. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, talking about. Uh, what are the edu- how do we do education in the mm. 21st century in this connected space? Um, there's a great breakout session looking at um, strategy on a page um, mm-hmm. from, from uh, our commercial and strategy director here in Australia, cool. along with Sue Pack. Uh, every accounting firm needs a strategy, be it build, buy, grow, go big, mm. go broke, go sure. premium. Um, so, so Rob and Sue will be talking through how to do strategy as an accounting firm and how to mm. keep it simple. Uh, I have a session. It's it's important for accountants to know that as well for their clients. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I'm presenting a session with David Bell, who's the growth director from our New Zealand team, looking at these regulatory megatrends, this climate change um, for for accountants and bookkeepers. And then, and then, what are the habits? What are the evolutionary traits of the firms that are best positioned? to survive this because yeah. the promise of government moving to the cloud is everything is going to be simpler, smarter, faster, and cheaper. Yeah, yeah. which is good. So, which is good. Yeah, which is, which is great, <laughs> if, especially if you're a client. Yeah. Um, but if your business is built on timesheets, your yeah. timesheets really have termites. Exactly. And so what, what, is the, what is the growth mindset that an accounting firm needs to have? What are the characteristics that we need to have as accountants or bookkeepers in our practices um, to be able to grow when everyone around you or the entire environment will be telling you that this should be getting cheaper and faster for your customers? Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is a chat that you hear quite, quite often um, from people like, um, like The Gap, and, and, and other softwares that are around that are trying to fill that space around, you know, there's a downward pressure on compliance because it is meant to get easier <laughs> and, yeah. and more efficient. Um, so the work, the value that you're really adding as, account, as an accountant to your clients in the future is probably more going to be around the advisory space, around helping their business actually grow and actually be better. Saving Potent- them money potentially, and time. But I think it's more uh, accountants and bookkeepers have a social license. You yeah. know? But in, our social license has historically been granted by government. Yeah. Our clients yeah. have to see us because they have to fill in this form to give to government or mm. they have to work in that space. Yeah. That's changing. And mm. so it's an opportunity for us to develop our own social license. And True. it's a really exciting session that David's walking through around what are the seven mm. habits of uh, successful accounting firms based on the data that we have mm. and based on the experience in the UK with making tax digital, which is mm. running a, a couple years ahead of some of the digital transformation right. that's occurring mm. in Australia. That, are, so that sounds really take, interesting. Mm. Uh, Absolutely. And the other one, I wouldn't miss it. Um, there's a panel with uh, Craig Hudson uh, looking at mental health for yeah. accountants and bookkeepers okay. in the profession. Cool. Um, this is something that's really um, critical and important to Zero. Mm. Um, and, and how can we give accountants and bookkeepers the mental first aid kit, mental health mm. first aid kit that yeah. they need for their own people, but also for their clients and for themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't miss that session. Yeah, um, that sounds brilliant. That sounds really wow. good, actually. My, um, so keen. My, my partner's a psychologist and she's been, we've been teeing her up for a while to come on the podcast to talk about just yeah. that. And the funny thing is, she'll be with us at Zerocon. She will. <laughs> so I might uh, make, make sure she that attends one. that one. Yeah. And probably the last thing, particularly for uh, the accountants and bookkeepers who, um, think that it's all over, um, there's a big session about the opportunity that STP presents mm. for enca- engaged accountants and bookkeepers. So single mm. touch payroll is a massive change um, for, for hundreds of thousands of small businesses. Absolutely. According to the ATO, um, the best part of half a million small businesses have about 50 days to um, onboard onto single touch payroll. Yeah. Um, so we've got a session at Zeracon to talk through how accountants and bookkeepers on Zero who pretty much think STP's done. Uh, can actually uh, grow their business and grow their client base yeah. and get them ready for STP. True. Yeah, that's an that's another interesting Very one. Very good point there yeah. as well. A lot of these changes, you know, you see it, accountants are kind of a bit scared <laughs> lately about, you know, um, have all the big changes that are happening and, and things that are happening in their business, but they're all opportunities. They're all things exactly. that you can jump so on and, on and how you they're exciting. Yeah. How you approach the, the problem or the change, exactly. I, I suppose. Mm. I mean, you, so you used to be an accountant like us, Matthew. Yes, um, over I'm a recovering accountant. <laughs> yeah, you're recovering. <laughs> We're still in the habit. We're still in the habit. Um, so I guess um, taking a look at the industry uh, from an outside, well, I mean, you're, you're still very, very I'm heavily. I'm very much involved. an insider. Yeah, you're very much an insider. But someone who's but not active. Not in public practice anymore. Yeah. Um, dealing with face-to-face client sort of interactions. Um, you still see a lot of, um, promise and excitement around the industry. 
This is absolutely the most exciting time in the world to be in a car. Hey, totally agree. That's, that's Tim's favourite thing. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the golden opportunity yeah. for an accountant or bookkeeper. This is, as mm. said, the climate is changing for our profession. Yep. And that creates an opportunity for us to be nimble, for us to grow and sure. adapt and, and remake um, the, the, the order of accounting firms and how they work with clients and yeah. who's successful and who's not is all changing mm. on the back of digitization and the players that exist or the players that will, will, will win necessarily in 10 years time or maybe completely different yeah, to the established, yeah. um, winners today yeah that's oh, great it's it's interesting times yeah well i you just made me so excited for the conference <laughs> <laughs> fantastic can't wait i love to hear that <laughs> <laughs> well we, as uh, as tim just mentioned we will be there we'll be recording a few of these obviously we've got uh, last week uh two weeks ago with elliot got today with you we're yeah. chatting with amanda later in the week um, and we're, we've got a, a bunch lined up for why we're there as well. So we're excited to get there, chat to people, find out the latest from both Zero and all the app partners. Yeah. Um, and also just attend some of these breakouts and some of these big events and, and just get it, get amongst it, basically. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Enjoy. Yeah, cool. We look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we'll that's, uh, that's our main topic for today. <sighs> Let's move on to other things. Yeah. Um, should we start with a question for Matthew about his Twitter um, display picture? Mm, that is true, actually. So we we were doing a little <laughs> bit of research, and is that the real Matthew? Uh, sorry, is that <laughs> is that, that is the real Peter Capaldi? Is that the real yes. Peter Capaldi? Yes, it is. Yes, that is and the the, the actual Pearl Doctor, Mackie, and that's my real sister. Yes, hey, that nice. is. Uh, I'm a I'm a cool. pretty big Doctor Who fan. Um, I obviously knew exactly who it was as soon as I saw it and said, this is fantastic. Where was that? Was that at a, a, a con somewhere or something? I, I have the curse of being a real Malcolm Tucker fan as well. So um, <laughs> I had the, um, I moved from Perth um, to Melbourne a few mm. years ago and mm. my sister and I used to um, cook dinner midweek and watch Doctor Who together. Yeah. Um, nice. That was when Matt Smith was the Doctor. Yep. Um, then I moved to Melbourne and the Doctor changed and mm. my sister and I had a regular Skype date to, to <laughs> sit and watch Doctor Who. We'd cook dinner, we'd sit and chat away about our That's lives awesome. and, and watch Doctor Who. Yeah. So when um, Peter Capaldi came to Melbourne, Melbourne, um, my sister insisted that uh, she was coming and we were going to get a photo with him. So it was interesting to have about a three-minute conversation with him and say, yeah, I, we loved your run, but we've never ever watched an episode of Doctor Who in the same room together uh, with him. But um, That's, funny. That's he's fantastic. A, he's a very cool punk rocker and a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I really enjoyed his run as the Doctor, actually. Um, I, I'm quite enjoying uh, Jodie's run at the moment. Um, looking forward to the new season. But yeah, I just saw that picture and I thought, I need to ask him about that. Yeah, yeah. My, my Twitter game is best observed through my wife. She's much better. Has a lot more fun on Twitter than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I'm useless at all social medias, to be honest. Like, I don't know why. I just, I, don't know. I guess I just don't have any cool opinions or funny things to say, really. Oh, uh, I do. I'm just not allowed to say them. Often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the you are unleashed. It's the, uh, the beauty of having a podcast called The Two Drunk Accountants. Is that <laughs> there's low expectations about what... Uh, <laughs> what we say. Uh, Tim, do you have another thing? Uh, is, is that your other thing or do you have another other thing this week? Um, let me just... Because uh, I've got a couple. I can... I've got a date with the tax office in a few minutes, so you'll have to forgive me. All right. That's all right. That's all right. We'll uh, we'll let you go then. Yeah, why don't we let you go? Yeah, we'll, we'll let you go. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. It was great to have a chat and hopefully we'll uh, see you next week. Definitely. I'll see you next week and uh, I look forward to coming back if you'll have me. See you yeah, guys absolutely. later. Absolutely. All right. Catch okay. you later. Thanks, Matt. Catch Bye. You. All right. That was great. That was a good chat. All right. That was a fantastic chat. Um, my, so, He's, quickly, my other thing, Tim. Yep. Oh, did you have something to say about Matthew? I was just going to say, um, that was so interesting. And uh, you can really tell that Matthew uh, and the team there at Zero are so switched on and forward focused mm. and constantly evolving and looking for the next big thing. So Absolutely. Um yeah, I don't know. It just gives me a lot of confidence about Zero and the direction they're heading, but also like excitement to mm. be who we are, Dan. Exactly. Um, and excitement for our clients as well. Um, they're, I mean, if you know, they're heading towards a stage in their business life, mm. which hopefully will be much easier, and um, they can focus on the important things, which are yeah, which is what we always say. I know I always say to to our clients is that you know. 
we're trying to reduce the amount of compliance you have to do, you know, through a more efficient bookkeeping systems through zero, through um, using these other add-ons to make sure that your time's, you're getting the most efficient use of your time. Um, but if we can just keep eliminating that, then what we can do is actually work on your business, which is what we yeah. want to do. It's what you want to do. Yeah. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, your business, when you're thinking about it, is not just a compliance headache. Yeah. It's it's being excited. It's thinking about your opportunities. It's, yep. it's actually making strategic decisions. Yep. Um, and and all these changes, both led by the government, which is really great to hear, uh, and by softwares like Zero, mm-hmm. just makes us excited. It's pretty cool. Mm. Pretty cool. Uh, so my other thing this week, Tim, is um, something exciting called country rap. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this song on the weekend at the same Taylor Swift party. Um, shout out to Chris for showing me this song. Um, <laughs> tell me, have you heard this, Tim? It's this guy who's like a producer for um, like Pitbull and other people. And he's just released this single for, <laughs> by himself uh, called The Get Up, G-I-T, The so Get Up. Cool. Uh, and people do all these dances and things to it and uh, I'm really glad I've heard this song and I'm I'm, going to message Chris he does listen to the podcast so I'm going to send him a message and say that uh, I gave him a shout out my other thing now everyone's heard it Dan everyone's heard it I'm assuming that his Apple Music and Spotify listens will just skyrocket from this (laughs) you would only think so he should really give us some uh, commissions or paybacks or Mm, something like that affiliate program um, that's cool, Dan. I, I enjoyed you playing that before the podcast and mm. equally as much so now. Um, <laughs> it can be the, the conference song. You know, when you go away somewhere, you get, you get like a theme yeah. song for the trip. Yeah, that could be our conference it was, song. It's, it would be the uh, chicken fried, the chicken of, fried uh, <laughs> of Michael Man on the Streets Bucks. Exactly. All right. What, what's your other thing? Uh, mine is the Deliciously Ella podcast. Deliciously Ella podcast? Yeah. Okay. So, delicious, Deliciously Ella is a brand in the UK, mm-hmm. um, which started out as essentially an online blog. She was mm-hmm. giving recipe and cook cooking advice mm-hmm. for um, for plant based eating. Yep. So I guess veganism, if you want to put it that way, I mean, mm. it's not really strict veganism, but mm. she she puts all these plant based mm. recipes out there mm. um, because she had health conditions with the gut, mm. and she went on all the medications, but none of them fixed her. Mm. But then just changing her diet to be more plant based and Helped. made a huge difference for mm. her. So she's on a quest to try and find um, delicious recipes and easy cooking recipes mm. and things that just you just wouldn't. Um, think of Mm. um, as being so good as Mm. plant-based foods Mm -hmm. and um, yeah she's got this podcast and it's just really it's awesome they get all these different people on Mm. uh, it's her and her husband because they actually Mm. then she got so popular online they started a cafe and restaurants in Mm. the in the uk so jed and i went to one in london Mm. um, and had a delicious meal there sounds good and uh, their podcast is great and they actually had um someone on who was an expert in gut health. Mm. And I didn't realize how much gut health affects your mental health mm. um, and your immune system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's actually crazy that uh, there's some sort of link between your gut and your brain. Yeah, the cat talks about this. There's a specific... I've forgotten the name of it, but there's a specific link between it. Um, and there's all sorts of hormones and things produced in your gut mm. that can affect your mood, that can affect yeah, your absolutely. Um, mental health, that can affect all Definitely. sorts of things. Yeah. So Definitely. if you're eating terribly or if you've got an intolerance to something or whatever, yeah. um, it's going to affect your mental health. It can, it can affect a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so gut health, mm. massive. It is massive. And I learned that on the Deliciously Ella podcast. So, yeah, apparently a, lot- a good way to try and sort of maintain gut health. There's no like mm. magic pill or anything like that. Mm. But if you can eat 30 different um, whole plant-based foods per mm. week, then you'll be you right on your variety. way to having... Yeah, mm. I mean, you're... Um, the uh, What do they call them? Macrobacteria or something in your gut. It's mm. going to be very happy mm. with that. Yeah, there's all sorts of things around that. You know, you hear the occasional people come out and claim that some type of blended juice diet mm. fixes your mm. your autoimmune disease, and it, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it it can make you healthier and make yeah. you feel better. It doesn't cure these things, but yeah. eating better is always better. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the trick. Definitely. Yeah. And just variety. Yeah, exactly. And moderation. Moderation. And um, probiotics like yeah. um, fermented cabbage, mm. so sauerkraut. Mm. Uh, is it apparently awesome? Do you reckon they make your cult out of sauerkraut? <laughs> uh, doubtful. Mm. 
I don't know. There's some sort of active cultures in there. Yeah, have you ever had definitely a, not made out of sauerkraut? Have you ever had a Yakult? I've never had one. It's like a milky lemonade. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely some sort of fermentation happening there. Then. No, there yeah. is. There's, there's. It's just. It's the same as the tablets. I mean, yeah. I, I've. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's cool. Apparently, there's some some really cool um, uh, African grain that is really easy. You just soak it in milk for mm. ten to twelve hours. And it's like probiotic. sauerkraut. Mm. Yeah, it's like sauerkraut, sort of probiotic. Mm. Apparently, quite a nice flavor. So Interesting. Saffron. Right. Saffron or something like that. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. It's been mm. a great episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Yes. Uh, we're excited for ZeroCon. And if you want to get in touch with us, at, uh, drunk podcast at gmail.com, uh, at two drunk accountants on Instagram, at two drunk podcast on Twitter, and two drunk accountants on Facebook. Thanks for listening and we will catch you later. Bye.